0: Hello, and welcome to Creativity and Chaos, the 1L2N podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by people who are all feeling so much better. Missy. Yeah, totally better. Tommy. I'm feeling pretty good. And our healthiest of boy, Liam. You. We are a family of creatives going through the story writing process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. Hello, everyone. That's right, I'm back. Yeah. So, yay! <clears throat> I was not watching the game, Michael. I was. I had the. Like, I had COVID, and I was very sick. And when mm-hmm. I was editing the podcast, I don't remember half of what was said. So I was like, "Oh, this is fun." <laughs> Because even though I was here and listening to all of you and oh, I was typing in the dead. chat, I yeah. was miserable. Was,
1: if I may suggest next time? next time, just don't. Just sleep. Yeah. Don't
0: I sleep. was just still trying to participate. Yeah. I was still trying to be there. It was just not great. No. <clears throat> I, I should have just laid down. All still feeling a little, a little gross, but I'm feeling so much better and I'm back. You look alive. You're welcome. You don't that Yeah. yeah you, don't.
2: you look human. <laughs>
0: I don't feel as dead. I, I think I wore the same thing for like a week and a half. Mm. I just didn't change clothes. Well, I changed some clothes, but I just, I basically Jesus. stayed in the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I I hate everything. <laughs> and I Ugh. couldn't focus or concentrate. So, yeah. But anyways, feeling so much better. Uh, that's 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 what's new with me. What's new with you guys?
2: I got to drive a skid steer. The First time, oh, what? Was, what is that? that was fun. Do you have to have a so, license imagine for
1: that in North Carolina,
2: you don't have to have a license for a skid mm-hmm. steer, it's really nice. But it is pretty low key compared to a lot of other things. It's basically imagine a souped up pallet jack or a like baby little tractor that's the best way I can describe it. You can put on different attachments. So, my boss was having me, he was training me on stuff. And we've talked, me and my boss talked about video games before, and he was like, although this this is going to be difficult at first, you should probably get the hang of it more than anyone because it's like playing a video game. And this is how I know how to drive it really well. Mm. And when he put it in that perspective, it was really interesting because my brain was like, I have to get good at this now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have to be good. It's not driven anything like foot pedals or steering with your two hands, like a typical wheel, it's two joysticks left joystick controls forward, back, left, right. The right joystick controls all the bucket motions. So there's like forward and backwards tilt. And then there's up and down of the actual bucket itself and getting used to that. It was actually so hard doing it in one continuous motion. There's like a weird feedback loop that happens that I never thought would happen. But when you're driving, it's a physical feedback loop where you if you hit something that jerks you, your hands are gonna jerk. therefore when your hands jerk, it's gonna jerk the joystick, which is gonna jerk the the skid steer, which is gonna jerk you, which oh, jerks okay. the hand yeah. And so you just have to, like, let go of everything. Otherwise, you're just going to go, oh, 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 like, the entire <laughs> time. It's, it's going to be like a little earthquake machine. But that was, it was fun. I did about an hour of that on Saturday. And, yeah, enjoyable. I felt great. I was just like, this dirt's so easy to move. Look at me. Was just, uh, it was a lot of fun. That was you, my week though.
0: You can put that on your resume as well that you can drive one of
2: those. Well, I only drove it for like an hour. No, but but yeah, but if when you, I get better. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, I'm assuming that's not the last time that you're going to be using oh, it. Oh,
2: no,
3: no, it's definitely not. I don't know what kind of jobs he's going to be getting where he needs to put that on his resume.
2: <laughs> it's You'd be it's surprised. actually If the landscaping business in North Carolina makes ridiculous money and he is looking into getting into like the landscaping area, anyone that can operate heavy machinery efficiently and you don't have to train them on, they know everything gets paid really good. So if I say I can drive a skid steer. People are like, oh, that's great. keeps saying like, oh, yeah, I've done rototilling on the big tractor. They're like, okay, so he knows how to operate machinery. And then on top of it, I'll be like, I actually did the maintenance on these machines as well. That's pretty good on a resume. Or at least on a resume that I need anything heavy machinery wise.
3: Very nice. I just did school this week.
2: I don't really do all that much.
0: Classic Liam.
2: And he gets cool stories. Threats. Bomb threats, night threats, any crazy things? Because I feel like they happen at your school quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, I feel
3: like I do, but I forget about them immediately. I, I know some <laughs> That's stuff. That's a great sign of a good school. <laughs> I know there was some stuff that happened. There's at least something. I don't, Always I don't something really going on. I really don't remember. It's too common. That's not good. I remember
1: that one week where like, in the course of five days or something, a student got stabbed, another student was arrested, Coming to campus with a gun. Girl had a baby in the bathroom. A guy OD'd. Oh my my
0: gosh. And then they had an evacuation
1: because of a gas leak.
3: Oh my goodness, you got calls for days that week. And also, I remember that was the same week that our we were transitioning from principal to
1: principal. Oh yeah, there was a brand new principal and he was going through all of this. Oh, that week. He's having yeah. an eventful, eventful. If he can get into this, like if he can hold down and hold on, like he's got this.
3: I would say he's done a much better job. A lot less crazy stuff has happened since he gotten in. The only problem is, is that like, the bathrooms are never open, and I have to go to the bathroom all the time, but they're all, like, always closed. Mm. I get so mad, because I'm just trying to go to the bathroom.
2: Completely unrelated, but did you hear about California having a blizzard? Yes. Quote cool, unquote. Cool. No, I
0: didn't.
1: Yeah, it's snow in LA for the first time since before you were born, Amy, and they, they were having a blizzard it while ridiculous. it was almost 80 degrees here. And we're a much wow. higher, much higher ladder. I
0: love here. that our lives are so riveting that we're like, did you hear about the weather? Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you
2: caught that. So because <laughs> when I brought that up, I wanted someone to catch that. <laughs> I mean, it, life isn't bad right now at all in any means. It's just, it's like a steady pace, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get these weird lulls and it's not bad lull, I'm just chugging along i mean your water head hurts
3: like every five seconds i mean mm-hmm.
2: that's a that's a thing that i might go to the hospital for but i don't know what it is so i'm not gonna bring it up you definitely need to go to less the doctors for that
1: salt and more water but you drink a lot of water less i've been salt drinking meat.
2: a lot it's probably less sugar if i'm honest not too like whoo it's a weird well here i am bringing it up it's Right on like the back right of my head. Mm. Very strange. I don't know what causes it. I don't know if it's, I think it's like a a combination of multiple things. I think it's headphones. I think it's positioning. I think I think it's a a bunch of different little things. But I'm like, honestly, it's a win-lose situation because sure, my head hurts. That's the L. But the W is I don't play video games as much and I can actually go around and maybe do something productive around the house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Missy, how have you been this week? Um, you know,
1: work has been perpetually stressful. We're preparing to migrate systems and there's just a lot to do. And I've been kind of feeling rough on and off. I actually took, okay, so this is kind of related to what we do, right? I took a day off this week because I was just feeling so run down. I, I needed a break. So I slept and then when I got up. I'm like, what do I do when I'm not feeling bad? I'm supposed to watch a bad movie, a terrible movie, right? Like that's how you make yourself feel better. So I decided instead of watching movies that I always watch when I'm not feeling well, I'm going to put a new movie on. So I watched what is quite possibly the worst movie I have <laughs> ever seen <laughs> so bad.
2: Like where this is going. Okay. Oh I like it. and
1: it's such a me movie too, okay? It's called Magma Volcanic Disaster. Ooh. Oh Oh, okay. Magma Colon? Magma colon volcanic disaster.
2: <laughs> oh no, nice, no. nice. Okay. Oh, okay.
1: The tagline for this, one scientist has predicted Armageddon. But no one believes
0: him.
2: <laughs> Holy. Lee. Oh, this is hitting all the tropes and it that we haven't even discussed the movie.
0: Right? No. So
1: discussed
2: the front box.
1: Basic premise is and, and this. Oh, one I'm pretty scientist, sure we
0: understand the
1: basic this, premise. Okay, this one scientist that has predicted, you know, it's it's all gonna go wrong. You don't actually ever see him predicting this. Like apparently that happened before the movie ever even started, <laughs> so it's like there's some major scenes missing from the movie because you're trying to figure what's happening along the way. They keep talking about this project Exodus or theory Exodus, or something oh, like that, no. and you're like Exodus what? And they keep talking about it, but they don't really explain it very well till like just sort of halfway through the movie. Okay, Ugh. the theory, the premise. Okay, uh, it's so bad. Humans have polluted the planet and dumped toxins onto the planet. Okay, check. Makes sense. That it's caused the Earth's core to heat up. Oh, Oh, classic. Okay.
2: Okay. That makes sense. This is legitimate science.
1: For (laughs) sure. (laughs) (laughs) Legitimate. The biggest air it's because the Earth's core to heat up, not the atmosphere. And so the planet needs to relieve pressure. So volcanoes are going off without warning. No earthquakes, tremors, oh, seismic activity of any kind, no venting pop up. of steamer materials leading up to it. They just out of nowhere go pop. And there's a lot of them starting to do this. And people are like, what's going on? And the one scientist who spent like the last however long trying to prove his theory decides no one's listening to me I want to go out on my terms and parks himself at the next volcano he thinks it's gonna happen at oh, and no. dies <sighs> what <laughs> right so what? but don't worry because his protege will carry the torch oh, so of course no. there's fighting with the lead scientist who got to reports to the president of the US there's a bunch of that good old US president there's a whole bunch of them going around like it's him and a ragtag team of graduate students who are going around like researching these volcanoes or whatever and it all takes place within like a few days so they're flying around all these different places and things are happening and one by one they're getting killed or left in a hospital and they have to keep carrying on or whatever. So it turns out that not only are the volcanoes going, but they're also releasing radiation. So it's even worse. <laughs> so the issue is that all the volcanoes are going to go off and it's going to destroy the planet. Like, all life, bye-bye, right? Okay. So you're thinking because the main character's like ex-wife works at Yellowstone and you're like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. Super volcano threat, right? Not at all. She like evacuates some campers or whatever. And Yellowstone kind of just bubbles up some, some magma there's some lava flowing yes yeah, some people die but no no major no biggie
2: oh the writers thought they were good for that they thought they were slick for that one
1: i'm like where their super volcano not mentioned once in the whole in the whole movie like you guys missed a prime opportunity here oh yeah i don't think they knew what a super volcano was i'm guessing no so the solution the final showdown between them and earth they gather all of the major countries in the world to take all of their submarines and go down to the ocean floor and nuke the
2: ocean floor. There's no what? way. To
1: release the what? pressure so that the pressure doesn't come out of the volcanoes and destroy the planet. That's the movie, <sighs> guys. Uh, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> I, lo- I love I love, how it's like... <laughs> sounds great. It sounds like a winner, really.
1: Okay, not only is it really that bad, when you watch the graphics...
2: Oh, It's like yes. someone in
1: high school did the graphics yes. with people dying in the lava. <laughs> yeah. <And> it looks <laughs> was some almost... really
2: bad sound effects, too.
1: Yeah, it wasn't great sound, but the graphics... You gotta watch this just for the graphics. Like the the first the first five (laughs) minutes, like a a whole team dies on a volcano, and it's just they don't even try to make it like the the magma was clearly fake, courted on something else, and then the people were clearly not on that mountain, and then there's the mountain, it's like different layers of things, and like this one guy at one point like kind of turns around to look behind him and accidentally steps down. Into lava. Ah! <laughs> and then just like yeah. fake fire kind of bursts
2: up. And oh, it's so bad, guys. You have to watch it. I really enjoy Bad boot Because here you are. You have such a joy of just reciting Oh man, why it's so I bad. I was like,
1: the more I watch, I'm like, I cannot wait to tell him about this. This is so terrible. That does sound god awful it has a 25 percent on rotten tomatoes that's how you
0: know it's gonna be good it's gonna be good
2: what's your favorite bad movie
0: i think just any disaster movie in general are usually my favorite bad ones because those ones i feel like you can watch again stuff like the what was the pastor one The dinosaur pastor. Velocipaster. (laughs) Velocipaster. Stuff like that is so (laughs) terrible, but it's not like you want to watch that over and over again. That's also meant to be a comedy. It's it knows it's bad and it
1: makes fun of itself.
0: Yeah. Whereas I like watching like the disaster movies because I feel like disaster movies tend to lead more towards like an actual they're trying to make it serious in a story, but it just ends up cheesy and ridiculous. And so I think disaster movies for me. (laughs) But not just like any specific one, like all of them. I'll just watch all of them Mm -hmm. again. Liam, what about you? I know you don't like bad movies. What's like the lowest quality movie that you'd be, that you enjoy?
3: Disaster movies. I like disaster movies. They can be entertaining. Sometimes they can be good. It's nice seeing like a
2: crazy disaster happen.
1: Something so unrealistic.
2: Yeah. What are everyone's thoughts on the first, I can't think of the name, the big robot, Pacific Rim.
0: Pacific Rim, not Specific Rim.
2: The, yeah, not Specific Rim, the first <laughs> Pacific Rim. First one was,
3: wasn't bad. I kind of liked it. I semi-enjoyed
2: the first Pacific Rim. That kind rim. of has all the, the tropes of a typical disaster movie, but is it's just monsters. really good set of disasters
0: that i feel like falls under the it's a monster
3: movie not a disaster
0: yeah monster movie rather than a disaster movie which i don't mind monster movies either
3: i feel like they're usually worse
0: like godzilla because they yeah they can be pretty terrible but those ones are also kind of fun because they're supposed to be so serious because there's this massive monster But then it's just like ridiculous because you're like, this would never happen. Yeah,
3: well, I feel like with some monster ones, like specifically the recent Godzilla ones, they're kind of, I don't enjoy them as much as disaster ones, but they do look really good. They look really good. That's what scares me. The like king of (laughs) the monsters or whatever. I remember watching that. I was like, this movie looks beautiful. This is such a good looking movie. But at the same
2: time, it's so bad. You haven't even seen Godzilla vs. Kong? Yeah,
3: I've seen clips on it. It doesn't look as visually nice as the King one.
2: It was actually not
0: that bad. I thought it was pretty good.
2: There's there's a thing that I love in cinematography when they ground cameras. Specifically, the first American remake of the Godzilla movies, they did this. And then Pacific Rim 1 did this, where... Instead of having these crazy, unrealistic camera shots where it's like panning really super fast throughout a city and you're like, well, a camera can't move that fast, but you're not actively recognizing it. You're just like kind of subconsciously recognizing it and you're feeling like, okay, this is real. Like the scale of this doesn't feel real. But then when you put the camera on the ground Mm. and then you just have someone step and then the camera shakes unbelievably and it's just the the cameras from the perspective of the ground looking up at the monster so you never see anything other than like their calf. But it's like their calf is like the size of a half of a building. That's the stuff that immediately grounds it and then makes all of those monster slash disaster movies so much more interesting to me.
0: I think like that forced perspective... Just like with a disaster movie where it's like the possibility of something ridiculous happening with those monster movies, that forced perspective really helps to like put you into that idea of like a forced perspective. Alternate reality perspective. If I don't know if that makes any sense. Meaning, like when you have those forced perspectives of like the cameras on the ground and you see their calf like walking by, like that's more scary because you can see the scale of just how big yeah. and how yeah. destructive they are compared to if it was like a larger shot, which is l- a larger shot like from like above a wide that shot. you would, yeah, yeah, yeah wide yeah. shot, yeah, yeah. So I think with disaster movies. You're usually following along on with one person, and you know, watch them watching them watch like the lava flow right near them. Well, so it's that sometimes, force. well, like true. Sometimes I would say Dante's Peak is a good one where it's very much like right there. And you can see the things happening to the people, so it makes it more real rather than like when it's even though it to was a whole a, city, yeah. like, uh, what's that one with um the rock San Andreas San Andreas, yeah. there's a lot of stuff happen. like these buildings are crumbling, but them driving through the city on a boat mm-hmm. with the buildings crumbling is much more realistic than panning back and seeing the destruction if that makes oh, sense
2: it's it's much more I, I wouldn't say realistic, but I'd say you're much more invested in the characters when you're right there with them rather than wide shots mm-hmm. because having having wide shots where you see everything all at once it's your it's like s- the idea of scaling you don't want to go too big too fast otherwise like what's the point everything after that just doesn't feel as it doesn't hit as hard it's part of the reason why Liam's review which you also should go watch that disaster movie podcast Liam's review of Green Day uh, when I I watch that movie, just because him describing the first act of the movie was so interesting, and it was such a good first act, it was so solid. Not knowing exactly what went on, leaving a sense of mystery throughout the entire movie. Oh, give me more of that! I love that. I love I love not following everything, but kind of following it. So you're like, okay, what's going on? I'm putting these pieces together. Like they're scared, so I'm scared because they don't know and I don't know. It's not like during the Green Day thing, they didn't pan back and then they didn't just see a I don't know, a random asteroid just hit the earth because if you saw that in the first like 5 minutes of the first act, I would have been like, "Okay, well, well now it's done." Like, I don't care. It hit earth already. Why am I scared?
0: So do you think that with movies that are not just like disaster or monster movies? But stuff that's like sci-fi or fantasy, like what makes those what's the quote unquote zoomed in right there with them kind of action or storytelling that makes those kind of movies and stories believable? Because especially with high fantasy, you have like fairies and magic and stuff. And then with sci-fi, you're in space, which we've never gone to space. Space is a a myth. So Mm -hmm. what makes those stories, do you think, compelling to watch in such a, a fantastical setting and background? Maybe it's because we've never been there.
1: Somewhere we want to go, but we know that most of us can never go there. Same thing as going to the future, going to the past. It's something that intrigues us that's out of our
2: reach. I think personally for me, what makes those types of genres flourish is when you, and I think it's just, this applies to all genres for me specifically, is when you create a character, a story first and foremost about like characters. And it doesn't have to include what genre it is, but then you can plop them into whatever genre as long as that story about those characters work. And sometimes some stories lend themselves better, better to other genres, which I think is fine. But ultimately, I think there's a lot of good products and I can't name some off the top of my head. But if you took the, the baseline of their story, you could just take the genre out altogether because it's a good story on its own. And I think what makes those genres interesting is having a good story and then filling that good story with tidbits, background tidbits, or just little information of like, oh, what's that? They kind of just glossed over it, but they didn't pay too much attention, but I'm interested in that.
0: So you're saying for stuff like that, it would be having a good character and a good character kind of outline or interesting characters. And like a good plot itself. It doesn't matter if there's like magic flying in the background or wizards or well, maybe I'll aliens. mend it.
2: I'll mend it a little bit. Easing you into the idea of the genre itself. Game of Thrones does this perfectly, where it eases you into the idea of a high fantasy genre. The idea of dragons and gods and magic. The idea of them, we don't think they're real, but they kind of are in Game of Thrones you are invested in the characters before you realize all that stuff is there and then everyone's already invested so you have to watch it. I think the League of Legends show does this pretty well too. Like the first couple of episodes, they they don't even have, I think it's like the first episode really, they don't really have any other non-humans in it. It's just humans and, like, no magic. It's just fun little gadgets. You're like, okay, cool, this is cool. And it's easing you into the idea of that fantastical, magical world of the League of Legends kind of storyline without you freaking out immediately, being like, okay, there's too much magic on the screen. Whatever, I don't care. And I think maybe that's more what I should have said was... Like Game of Thrones is a good story that just happens to be set in a magical realm, right? They ease you into the idea of high fantasy.
3: What you're saying is like the building blocks of that story and the characters between, or the I guess the story and the relationship between the characters doesn't matter what genre they're in. Yeah. Some like, I guess, interstellar, which is like a space movie. It's about a man who is giving up Growing up with his kids or I guess watching his kids grow up to save the world like that is a great story and it's saddened because he has to sacrifice himself or I guess he has to sacrifice having that time with his family so that he can try to help the human race prosper it's a very compelling story and it could work and I guess in any way that isn't just in space.
2: That I would apply to more as a a story that lends itself more to a sci-fi genre, but essentially what you said, correct. Yeah. It's the idea, and this is a hot topic, and I'm not going to try to spoil it for Missy specifically, or Liam, but anyone else out there. The Last of Us TV show just so happens to be set in a post- apocalyptic world but ultimately the story is about what you do with the emotion of love like how the emotion of love drives a character and it's in any way possible whether it be legitimately drives you crazy to do something you never thought you would do or if it, you know, drives you to help a bunch of people just in a completely altruistic way. I, I think that idea is so interesting and it just so happens to be set in a post-apocalyptic zombie-esque world. So I think that's what it is. It's like, yeah, foundation has to be a good story. But the outside of the building can look like a pretty fun um, zombie world or a fantasy world or space sci-fi. <laughs>
0: This has nothing to really do what we're talking about. But I was thinking about something you said, Tommy, triggered my brain of like you could take their story and and like put it into nowadays terms or something. Maybe you didn't say that, but I was thinking it. What would a nowadays Lord of the Rings look like? Like if we had like what would ultimately if we had if the Lord of the Rings took place in like modern times and no magic, what's Frodo doing? You know what I mean? Like what are they fighting against?
2: well first of all it's gonna be way more gray right because sure because lord of the rings is like it's black and white there's the good guys and there's the bad guys that's what it is but i feel like you put it in the today's thing and maybe i'm reaching here but i think it would be something like then there's no define of like good guys or bad guys but it would be the left versus the right <laughs> That's oh, what it would be. And Frodo's, <laughs> I, Frodo's a third party trying to unite both of them to come together or something like that. That's what modern day Lord of the Rings would look like.
1: Okay, but, but you're missing a very, very key element
2: here. Oh, oh, oh,
1: In Lord of the Rings, the whole thing is, it's not even like about the bad guys versus the good guys. It's, there's these rings used to control people. That's what, what I'm would saying. What the rings be today? What would the Bing, it's the a, item that's
0: a bill that he's trying to get passed <laughs> in <laughs> congress or something i don't know <laughs> uh-huh. he's just a small town farmer Maybe and it's some, he's some type got of... dreams of a larger political life or something i don't it's know some
2: type of cryptocurrency <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no he's trying he's to doing. take
0: down the cryptocurrency farms they're ruining the economy Perfect. It
1: doesn't quite work. And that's why Lord of the Rings shouldn't be made. Hint, hint, hint. Cough, cough, Warner Brothers. Cough, cough, learn. You you guys (laughs) did hear Lord of the Rings getting rebooted, right? Is it? Yeah. Warner Brothers announced just a few days ago that they're making new movies. And everyone's like,
2: why? Stop it! Wait, who? Okay, now I'm really confused because there's so many companies merging and buying each other up. Amazon just had the rights. They don't own Lord of the Rings. They just had the rights to make a TV show.
0: They don't own the rights to it. They were they just had the rights to make a TV show, which is why there's like a lot of stuff that's not canonically correct because they're like, well, we can kind of do whatever we want. It's fine. Anyway, it was enough about that. We got sidetracked, which is fine cuz I think it was a good conversation to have. So, overall, summing that up, as long as you got good building blocks, it don't matter what the outside of your house looks like. As long as your foundation <laughs> for is strong, you could live in a mud pit and it's fine, uh,
2: right?
0: Yep. That's the... <laughs> okay, cool. Just wanted Nothing to Nothing getting in this mud pit. But I mean, you can except for you. You have to have like a door, otherwise you just built yourself like a cage. Yeah, I'm the good character
2: can. in the mud pit. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so today, what I wanted to talk about, very briefly or well, lengthly, I don't, well, I don't know. I was thinking about names, specifically in high fantasy, but we can do, you know, anything. When you're naming a character in stories, why are they so ridiculous? And I'm not talking about like modern day movies or media where it's like, this is John. This is Samantha. This is Albert. That's although Albert's a strange name. Let's agree to that one. But, (laughs) But what I'm talking about is like when now specifically for me, when I'm reading a book, like a fantasy book, it's like so hard to pronounce these names because it's a lot of vowels and then like some umlauts and you're just why why are fantasy names so difficult that's uh, basically what i'm getting to i think people come up with a sound they really like and then they're like
1: oh crap how do i spell this and it
0: starts <laughs> I think,
1: yeah from
2: there i think it's just well the idea of fantasy or at least when you really boil it down is supposed to be otherworldly right mm-hmm. it's not In our world. Jim,
0: you're the chosen one.
2: Yeah. okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. I mean, you probably still could have a character named Jim in a fantasy world, although I would laugh really hard and it would probably get made fun of ridiculously. I should
0: have said Dave, because there's actually quite a few things that are fantasy or sci-fi that have the name Jim. The first things that come to my head are Treasure Planet, which is like a cool sci-fi steampunk version of Treasure Planet and it's so cool or Treasure Island and Jim is the main character and then also you've got Jim what's his name The from, from Star Trek you got this Jim you can do it Amy you can do it I just want to believe- say Jim Shatner <laughs> that's not right <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: beautiful
2: uh.
0: <laughs> so I should have said Dave
2: because who calls uh, their main character fantasy character Dave you know To be fair, Jim Shatner, as we're calling him now, that is like future us, or at least that's the idea of it. So it's not really fantasy. It's just, it's just future sci-fi. It's like what we could end up as or that idea. So we could just end up as a bunch of Jim's and Tim's and Tommy's and Liam. There you go.
0: There we go. <laughs> it took me a while. I got there though. You need to look it up, I swear. Oh boy. But I like Shatner better. Jim Shatner. No, I totally understand. Especially, okay, I guess it's more with fantasy than it is with sci fi. Because sci fi, yeah. a lot of the names. Now I'm thinking of like simple things. I don't want to say simple, but I'm thinking of stuff like Star Trek and The Expanse. Which wasn't his name Jim as well? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Dear sci-fi. Get another name than Jim. So yeah, I'm thinking of like the more realistic quote unquote sci-fi when I'm thinking of sci-fi. But then You mean
2: realistic or grounded?
0: I I would say I guess grounded. But I guess it's more fantasy that you come across these really long, like exclaxi in the Herobranian forests. From the Dilvalian council of the Miracrian people. And you're like, what the f why are all of these what just adding more vowels Ooh. and consonants to a name doesn't make you high fantasy. Mm. Although because that's what it is, it does, I guess, make it high fantasy.
3: First of all, there's a lot of reasons for this, I think. I think one of the big reasons is because Lord of the Rings really kicked off sci fi and it really mm, it had a mean lot fantasy. of. that or sorry, yeah, fantasy, and had a lot of that crazy-type names all the time.
1: Yeah, that's taking the naming convention and just going absolutely insane.
3: Yeah. I think another reason is that a lot of people, they don't want simple names. They want to, like, try to make these names more extravagant in a way, or more, I don't know, more complex, more what they seem, like, higher and better. Because a lot of times in these crazy-type stories... Like in Doom, a lot of people made fun of half the names in Doom. And I don't think people want their names to be made fun of in their stories and characters. And so they tried to differentiate and make these crazy names to make people think it sounds better or fancier. Like Elvish names. But I think Elvish names sound terrible. (laughs) But yeah, I guess I think it's of the reason we're like oh we have to we i have to try and think of something crazier and better because i can't just have going around having a normal name and something that's a lot different and crazier
2: do you think of and this definitely shows my ignorance but it's also like a, a question as to why we think this way that just naming schemes from other cultures like i i find other other names in other cultures very wonderful and cool but they're otherworldly because i'm not maybe it's the wrong word, but because I'm not used to them or those naming schemes or how they're named. Therefore, I feel like you see a lot of American writers or just, yeah, I would say American writers. They have those types of names that aren't American, that aren't English just in everything because we're not used to seeing them in our daily lives. So therefore they're considered otherworldly.
3: I think a lot of different people try to find and bring up older or more ancient names because there's more of a mystery to them and they're a lot rarer and sometimes those names some people have those more older ancient names in other cultures that are just a lot more rare than they would be a long time ago and i think that's i think that's why they try to do it they try to sometimes they just can't think of something so they go back into the older more mysterious times of of people that we don't know and that's the kind of story they're trying to make with fantasy or sci-fi And so they just kind of use that.
0: I read this thing. Now, this is a while ago, but it basically said if you have a fantasy name and it starts with a vowel, specifically an A or an E, then you're essentially like a basic bitch. Yeah. (laughs) And I was at the time writing multiple stories and like all of my characters started with A and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I, I try to name something, I think about that. I think about, not because I'm like, I have to change if it, an A or an E name works, then fine, it works. But there are so many characters out there mm-hmm. that start with A or E in like fantasy series. And it's it's kind of crazy to me that like, the way that we've had those letters or the way that they have all of those vowels in there have now created their own like, yeah, this, you know, it's fantasy, a fantasy name because it's named this. And so it's interesting. It's like almost an unwritten rule that you have to have this like complex fantasy name in order to have a high fantasy name. Like who wrote? I mean, I guess Tolkien. Thanks a lot, Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Ruining everything for everybody. But I don't know, like, who, I I don't know. What do you guys think? This isn't compelling to listen to, is it? I don't know. Oh, God.
2: I think you shouldn't just limit yourself to the naming scheme of fantasy because I think there's a lot of different ways you can name characters or something. Like, I feel like ultimately when you name a character the and then blank, they're trying to create a like more of a presence around this character, and it's usually not. Well, I think this is a perfect example because it's real life. The Rock. What a great name. Mm-hmm. Like You know exactly who The Rock is. You don't call him Rock. You call him The Rock. And I feel like just the The in front of Rock has so much more presence than calling him Rock. <laughs> and I this feel like that happens a lot when you're creating characters who you need to have a presence for and I think the less words the better because the moment you keep going on and on and on with a name it doesn't get interesting there's so many I think a lot of songs in general or a lot of movie titles have this this maybe unspoken two to one word title that you know obviously you can have of or the or and in it but two big main words they need to be the title because it's like uh, eye popping or catching and I know of, I've done it in my songs like I, I did a song a couple years ago it was called Midnight Heat. I'm like that's a pretty good name but any more name or any more words in that name and it would just be like okay shut up. So I think naming is oddly evolving and it's at this weird like short and very simplistic stage mm-hmm. right now. Maybe that's how I think
1: but that's naming things as opposed to characters
2: yeah but even then I think a lot of characters are are being named this way like sometimes I feel like recently a lot of characters aren't even credited with a last name it's just you know them as yeah, that's true the singular like first name I just find it interesting I think
3: George R. R. Martin did a pretty great job with this in
2: Game of Thrones because
3: I don't think his names ever got too crazy most of the time, I feel like they're pretty simple, even though there's some of them that were you know, a bit more different. I think most of them seem pretty realistic and they're pretty sometimes normal and some even pretty basic, like John just the, or Jamie, like some mm-hmm. simple names. But what yeah. he did was he gave them titles and not like titles like king or queen or whatever, like in no, most medieval. He gave them things like king, king slayer Flayer. or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. He gave yeah. Them titles exactly. Exactly that made them a lot easier to identify like the hound like most people don't even call the hound by his name they call him the hound and it makes them a lot more identifiable and a lot it makes it i guess like it seem like a bigger and more realistic world at the same time it adds that different that fantasy element of not being super simple and not being super basic, but at the same time, not having all these stupid, crazy names all the time that are trying to figure out how to pronounce or or you're, you just don't really understand why it's there.
2: You are definitely right, George R. Martin had a, a really great way with names. I love those nicknames. That's an ugly nickname, the Hound, but it also carries such a presence with it. And I feel like that's pretty rare in most sci-fi cases. Fantasy. Yeah, sorry. Fantasy. That's pretty rare in most fantasy cases. But then again, this is also a thought experiment is, would we remember the Hound as the Hound if he weren't such a well-written character? Does that name carry a weight because... We also remember like how complex of a character he was, how much shit he's gone through. I don't know.
0: That's definitely interesting. I think it depends because like you're saying with this previous conversation, if you have the good building blocks, nothing else really matters. It doesn't matter if you're living in a mud house. So I feel like if the character is written well enough, you'll remember it for how he was written and or how they were written and what they did and how they did it. But I do think having a good name behind the character can also really help because it really signifies who that character is. It sums them up. I don't know what the hound's like name is, but I know him as the hound and it's just like you're saying with The Rock, you're like, yeah, it's Dwayne Johnson, but it's like, yeah, it's The Rock. And there's like a there is like a power behind the name, you know? Yeah. And I just think sometimes with fantasy media, they're trying to be so creative and unique with their naming schemes that they're losing part of that oomph that you get with that character because it's... I don't know. It just feels like they're trying too hard for the name. And sometimes you're just like, I I don't even know. Like when I'm reading a fantasy book, half the times I like acknowledge that I'm seeing their name, but (laughs) I move on. Like I'm not even processing Mm -hmm. that it's their name because they've tried to make it so complex or creative or interesting of a name that it's no longer. It just kind of gets lost in the background, Mm -hmm. whereas something like The Hound, which is simple enough is like, yeah, that's very striking to read and to hear. And it gives it more power to the character. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like... And I'm not saying that fantasy names aren't well, good. Yes,
2: yeah, I think that's what we were saying. was titles. Oh,
0: yeah, true with the titles. I, and real quick, I'm not saying fantasy names are wrong or like you shouldn't name your characters whatever you want. I think you should have fun with it. I just think that sometimes there's almost too, there's too... You go too far with it. And then it, it gets just lost and it's like, okay, whatever. You got to think of your audience when you're naming
1: it. If if I'm trying to read, you know, like I'm, my eyes are sweeping across the page. If I have to stop and try and figure out how to read a name, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, yeah. the first time maybe, but after that, if I can't recognize it and it just the pronunciation just loads into my brain we have a problem you're (laughs) taking me out of my immersion in the story you're disrupting the flow of my reading and that's not fun and it can become frustrating and for some people make them feel stupid and you don't want your readers to feel stupid you want them to be like oh yeah i can pronounce that i got that like subconsciously
0: even I would say even with watching a show or a movie Mm -hmm. or whatever same thing because then you're like yeah the uh the the girl with the white hair that's like in love with her brother yeah (laughs) and you're like oh what's her name I I don't know I don't remember but when you have a name that, I don't know, is simplified, it makes sense. It doesn't take you out of that. You're like, wait, what's her name? What's their name again? Oh, who's he? Wait, oh, yeah. what was this guy's name? Like, it it takes you out of that immersive experience of watching and experiencing that media. Mm-hmm. And I think more so with reading, because like you're saying, you're sweeping your eyes across the page. And then it's like, full stop, wait, yeah. How, Ploxy and it's like no it's pierce and you're like what yeah i'm sorry what so i don't know i just thought it was interesting to talk
1: about i would say that something else that's just as important as being able to pronounce the names is not naming all of your characters so similarly that you can't distinguish them in your head and lord of the rings fails miserably at that in every possible way. <laughs> and I think in some respects, Game of Thrones has some issues with that, especially House of the Dragon, like all the characters. Mm-hmm. they There's naming conventions for all these little houses and I just can't ever remember how to differentiate between them. I just get so lost in the names that I I instead either just visualize the character or I remember them by what it is they do, like what role they play in the family. Yeah. You take something away from the experience when you as an author do that to your audience. I like naming conventions. I think they're great, but you still need to differentiate just enough so that they don't all sound the same. Or when you're reading them, they don't all read the same.
0: It also doesn't help that with a lot of Game of Thrones characters, especially in House of Dragons, they're all names oh, that we've heard before. Because if you look at their family tree, everybody's uh, like named really after everybody, and you're like, "I yeah. is this a fourth or a fifth or a first a junior?" Like I don't understand.
2: I think it was my least yeah. favorite part of that show is that. Each house has a specific sounding name. Like they all start yes. with the exact same letter or have like a, like in their name. And I'm like, yeah.
1: ah, <laughs> oh. like, please pick one or the other. Please stop doing both.
2: I just think in general, it's, it, it just gets, I think from uh, someone who wants to, you know, write random stuff as well. I feel like naming a bunch of random crap makes your world feel quote unquote legitimate but then it just gets too convoluted way too fast because yeah. you're like, what What am I What am I reading? Which is interesting
1: because yeah. a lot of the, the names used to describe places in the Game of Thrones world is very basic. It's like, oh, there's a flower here. We're going to name this region after the flower. Oh, this is going in a certain direction. We're going to name it after the direction. Like, ah, this place has these animals. Boom, that's what we'll name it. it just, yeah. It's just very simple naming processes for places and and parts of the world but then some people have modern real life names like Robert and then other people get a nice balance with it's a nice balance in the original right between common names and fantasy names but then that just House of the Dragons took that comfort level through that right out the window (laughs) and said "All right, strap in because I hope you're taking notes
3: one thing I like about the Game of Thrones universe's names, which is is something that George R. 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 Martin does because he's kind of crazy and he's super detailed with everything that he does. But almost everybody's name has a has a meaning behind their character and is a reflection on other characters and different things like that. And although I agree the Targaryen names can be a bit much in how similar they are, but they're also a bit crazy. Because it's a reflection of how the Targaryen family is so. supposed to be higher. Yeah, first, yeah, that is another I was going to get to that. But they're very inbred, but also supposed to be higher than most people. They have greater powers. They're supposed to be a bit more different and crazier. They're also completely foreign to pretty much everywhere in the world. And so the way they do everything, I mean, their culture, the original culture, is different than ever, anywhere you'll find. So although they try to fit in at many points and times, and they they kind of seem like the rest of these families, they are a completely different type of people and race and they do things a lot differently and their naming convention is very hard to get around because they're so similar. They always have so many like T's and X's and E's and stuff.
2: And yeah, I I do agree.
3: House Dragon, it's it's crazier.
2: I think it's a it's like a trade-off Cause that is a very cool fact. I'm not denying that fact. That is, yeah, I, I didn't it.
0: really know that. That is pretty cool.
2: It's it's like a trade off. It's like for the average viewer, that's just going to be a convolution of names, and I, I think it's going to go way but beyond the subconscious. Like it, it's not even hitting you right. Yeah. But to someone who's a more in depth viewer, like you are, Liam, like you really enjoy this world, that's a freaking great fact.
0: Oh yeah.
1: yeah.
2: And it,
3: it doesn't even just go for the Targaryens. I mean, oh, it goes for every family. Yeah. Example, but like, um, Rob the child. Rob was named after Robert Baratheon, the mm-hmm. first king. And he in the in the story, he became a conqueror, trying to conquer the kingdom, just like Robert did. And it was supposed to be reflection on him. And there's a lot of different there's a lot of different names. Like Tyrion is supposed to close to Tywin. Well, first off, Lannisters have a lot of T names. They really like yeah, that. Yeah. They really. But at the same easy. time. Tyrion is supposed to be a reflection off of Tywin. He's pretty smart in a lot of different ways and pretty cunning, but he's also supposed to be kind of Tywin's curse, but also at the same time, a way better and more loving person than Tywin. And there's there's a lot of different names that have all these different meanings. I really like that. Now, once again, George is a bit crazy with his details, and he loves doing things like that. So it's not something you really have to do. You can do like maybe once or twice. George just likes to do it with almost everything. But it is a really cool, I guess, thing. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Similar to Tolkien. In fact, I think Tolkien took it seventeen levels further than that. With the everything has meaning and all the names have meaning and all the families have naming conventions and it just too too much detail. Like when you read it you can see the patterns more, but even then it becomes you're focusing you're detracting from the story because you put so much effort into the patterns that you've set up with these names. But in the same way, like the names all point to something in Lord of the Rings, like how they do in Game of Thrones as well. Something I do also like that happens in Game of Thrones is he will take, and I don't know if this is intentional or if it's my brain trying to make these connections, but he will take a name that is common to us and then twist it, like shift it just a little bit. Mm, So it is its own new thing, but it's still memorable because there's that connection to something that we're already used to. And I really Mm -hmm. like it when authors or writers do that because it makes me be able to hold on to that name a lot better than I normally would with just some random crazy made-up name.
2: That is true. I think that's a lot of like, hilariously enough, I was looking at this. I was looking at Elden Ring names and that that is a lot of Elden Ring names is it's using made-up name that they have and then combining it with actual names that we can relate to. And it makes it so much more interesting. Like Black Knife Assassin, like those are all three concrete real life words but in the context of the game and the name itself it's a pretty cool name so i i think i think you have something there missy is maybe using our actual names but then twisting either twisting them or then using a combination of the two for them to actually mean something else in the world Mm -hmm. so it's more concrete it's like okay i know these words already i don't have to learn a whole new like huh what's that word huh what's that word I don't
0: know if you guys are there for the discussion. Tommy, I don't think you were alive yet. Liam, you definitely weren't alive yet. But there was a convo that I had with mom and dad and we were talking about naming things and for a story because I think I needed names. And they are like, just take words that already exist of like places or family members or whatever and just flip them around so that they are backwards and then spell it out. So, you know, we grew up near Annapolis and that one's already a name that's like another city I think as well but it's Silipana mhm there's even which a is... road in Annapolis named yeah. that <laughs> and i think that that's so cool and and that actually does work pretty well yeah. and so one of one of the ideas i wanted i just wanted like a story that i wrote to be every single name is just another name backwards cuz i think that would be fun would be- midge
1: midge jim <laughs> And we've come full circle. There we go. Full circle,
0: yeah. But, yeah, I think naming, the naming thing is, it can definitely be really difficult, but it's... I guess it's interesting because each each genre has its own kind of unique twist on how they want to name things like time period pieces. You're looking for something that's a little more period accurate. And I'm talking about like war movies, too, because I consider them time period pieces. You're looking for something that someone would be named during that time, during Mm -hmm. that era, during that that moment of whatever history you're presenting. Fantasy, you're looking for something that sounds elven or high fantasy and important. Sci-fi, everybody's called Jim. <laughs> Horror, it doesn't matter. I guess there's probably a lot of, like, Brandy, because she'd probably die first or something, because she'd be like, we should go in the room with the murderer. So <laughs> not to, you know, rag on any Brandys out there, but it could be, like, anybody with the I-E-Y last name. Candy, I feel like would also work. I just think that in general, naming schemes for for media and stories and stuff is just very interesting. So yeah, that's what I want to talk about this week, and we we done did talk about it. Any last parting thoughts?
1: Oh my
2: god, we've been here for an hour. Yeah. Wow, we we pumped out a podcast, guys. Say. We got
1: like thirteen minutes out of that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that was a good. One. Least thirteen
1: day. usable minutes there. I think. Fantasy tends to get the focus because it's the most obvious when it comes to these naming conventions, but I would be curious if we paid attention more to some of the other things that we watched, if we noticed any trends in how things are named. So I would just challenge you guys and, you know, anyone listening at home are there any other trends out there that do you think are obvious and you're like why aren't you talking about this what's wrong with you yeah this is true i'm just curious what else is out there
0: yeah let us know we are 1l2n productions on twitter instagram youtube and reddit or you can go visit our website 1l2nproductions.com and we would love to hear from you what's your favorite bad movie What's the name that you're going to name for your high fantasy or sci-fi? Well, if it's sci-fi, it has to be Jim. We've determined this. Yeah. But for fantasy, what are you naming your characters?
2: Mitch.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can reach us at... I already said you where you can reach us at. But if you want to help support the show, you can head on over to our Patreon and that would be much appreciated so we can make some more awesome content like this for you as well oh i had to do last word of the day i was not prepared oh here it is okay all right and the last word of the day is gonna go to liam take it away
3: don't cry because college rejected you laugh because they could never afforded you